I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably be lost for words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined, as ever, by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, I wish uh, we could forget last week's event, and I think we will pretty shortly. Yeah, it won't take long. Um, I the, the final nail in the coffin for me was Gary Higo missing two putts from three feet on the last five holes, Oof. which meant that he missed out on a place. Uh, Grillo bogeyed and then three putted uh, in the last four holes to miss a place so betting wise kind of had a chance but DraftKings were kind of ruined by the by the plays we made Hadwin and, and Thompson and people like that um, but look it's just one of those ones where I think we're due a week like that like especially when you get 175 to 1 winner through on the on the open championship you've probably ridden your luck a bit so yeah um, you know forget forget and forgive and move on I guess final PGA Tour event of the regular season, does that factor into anything you think? Like, do you care about the people trying to make the playoffs? Do you care about anything like that? Like, does that factor into Justin Thomas and Shane Lowry and people like that? Or is it just a case-by-case basis? I think it's case-by-case. I originally said I don't really care, but uh, kind of thinking back to when Adam Scott was in the playoff here, he, it, I think he needed... Um, a, some a great performance that week in order to get into the, yeah. to the FedEx Cup, and so I think for some guys it might help, some guys it might not. And but then it it also is the fact that like, for instance, Justin Thomas is here only because he needs to win. Do I think that helps him win? No, I don't. No, I think he puts too much pressure on him. Like he literally yeah. has to win. Like he's not playing well without pressure, so I don't know why he would play well with it. Um, right. I don't. I don't know Justin Thomas at all. Spoiler alert. Um. But yeah, yeah I, I think. It's one of those ones, it's, you, you have to kind of acknowledge it, but people out there that will do numbers and models and those sort of things are just not going to factor it in because, like, you can't weight it in any way. If you're betting, I think you do because you just know some people are going to respond better than others. But, yeah, I think DraftKings, you kind of have to just build the solid teams, right? And they can't be based on just, oh, I think this person's going to make the make the weekend and get through to the top 70 just because they need to. Like, I don't think you can really factor in on a, on a DraftKings lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but you know, some guys play better when the heat's on and some guys don't I mean you, I think we have a, we're aligned on a, you know, on a, a guy or two who who does play well when the heat's on. Yeah, so look, there, there, there are certainly cases, but I think then, and then the one person we're probably talking about will come on to later, but like, that was very much when like it was the top 125 and you needed to just finish top 125 to keep your card. Now it's like top 70 and you need top 50 to get into all the events next year. So there's like almost added um, steps now rather than just the one good week here. So be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go into it then. Let's go, just dive straight in. Let's not waste any time. Sungjae in 10-8, Hideki Matsuyama 10-6, Russell Henley 10-2, Sam Burns 10. Uh, only one I'm remotely interesting playing is Russell Henley. Interesting. I mean, coming into the week, I thought I was going to be more interested in Sung JM. Um, the way he's played this course in the past, he's really good. But, I mean, coming into the week, I was just a little surprised. And I guess I shouldn't have been because the other top guys aren't playing that well. But he's playing pretty poorly, but he's still the highest-priced guy by you know a decent margin. 10-8 is really expensive. And then he's also really highly priced in the betting market too i just it's tough to get there yeah i just can't do it i, I can't i don't need to do it. i mean look I, I actually think this this is a good week if you do want to take the top guy and if you're on if you do like some jade this is a great way to you know build your lineup because there's so much you can do elsewhere to save money but i, I just like hideki just doesn't seem to be able to get all four categories right sung jay just isn't playing very well at all. Sam Burns, I never quite know what to do, so I'm not going to play him at 10K. Um, I mean, he was 13th here on his debut back in 2020, but hasn't played in the last couple of years. 19th at the Scottish show, played okay, but uh, yeah, I'm not really interested in Burns, which just leaves Henley, who I was quite big on for the Open Championship. And the only reason I'm particularly interested in him is I just think it's one of those typical bounce-back spots, like 
when you've been when you've lit people down, you suddenly just play well again. And when you look at it, thirty first, ninth, seventh, and fifth the last four years here, and the way he's striking the ball, Russell Henley makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I don't think it's going to be the typical letdown spot in the next week because I think people are still going to go to him because he's just so solid here. Um, betting wise, I couldn't get to that number. Obviously, it's 20 or 22 for him is tough for a guy who really doesn't seem capable in many instances. But I do think he's probably the safest of this group. Yeah, that, that's my thought. When I say sort of like bounce, I just mean in my own head sort of thing. Like I think ultimately he will still be highly owned, and that'll be because he's a $600 discount to Sang JM. But so we're basically saying we're we're kind of a little bit nonplussed about all of those four and stuff. Right. So then we go into the nines where I think you have to make decisions. Adam Scott, 9-7. Shane Lowry, 9-5. Ludwig Aberg, 9-3. JT Poston, 9-2. Justin Thomas, 9-1. Siwoo Kim, 9. How is Aberg not dropped yet? I think that's insane. I, I don't understand why. And especially at a course now where it's like he shouldn't profile to play well at this place at all. I mean, his, his only skill set right now that's great is his off the tee, which is really not going to be that huge of a factor here. So, yeah, I don't get it. I think they're just... He's not. No one's going to play him, which is one thing. But I mean, I, I'm not going to either. I think the only thing I would say is like I think that like his irons have not been good, basically, the last six months or whatever it's been. But he finished fourth at John Deere, which makes you think maybe this will be a good golf course for him. But I just I just can't get over the fact that he's just not playing well enough to warrant nine three. Yeah, but you've seen some bombers and guys who hit it out there do well at the John Deere, right? Yeah. Whereas here, you don't see that as much. Um, it's definitely a more plotting track, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, he's talented enough to overcome it. It's like, obviously, great players can come, you know, potential great players can come and play well anywhere, but I'm not going to try to jam, a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. But I, like, I get why, like, people like this are, like, kept on siding, like, the betting market. But, like, in drafting, I just don't quite understand how he, they warrant his price, like, I don't like Justin Thomas at all. I do like JT Poston. I don't know how he's above both of those. No, I don't. I don't know either. I really don't. He's he hasn't shown it. Um, and just for the record, I still would have him on my Ryder Cup team, but um, yeah, I don't. You don't? No, not even a little bit. I don't. I don't. I don't think that the two or three opportunities that he's had to show up, he's not. And I think it's just too many players now: McIntyre, Hoygaard, Rye. Etc. that are kind of showing form that you can't really leave. You can't unless he wins this week or contends. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing him, but I will be starting my lineups with Adam Scott. Um, I think he's going to be very low owned compared to the guys around him. Uh, I think most people would rather go pay a little bit more and go to go to Burns or Henley, um, or pay a little bit less and go to Poston or Siwoo or whoever else uh, in that area. So I I think he just um, is a little too expensive, which is partly why I want to play him. And I think he's been playing better than the results might actually show. At the Open, he finished 33rd. He gained strokes on approach, which I think was good for him. Um, I all season I've thought he's going to kind of get into mix into the mix at one of these things. So it, it's now or never for him. And I I kind of have just have a suspicion that this is the week he gets involved. Look, he was, what, fourth going into the final round at the Travellers, finished 19th. He was ninth at Memorial. He was eighth at Byron Nelson. He was fifth at the Wells Fargo, 29th at the PGA. He missed one cut at the US Open. Dineen then did the same again at the Scottish, but hit second round 67, then finished third, third at the Open. He was disappointing at the Open, but nothing too crazy. He actually got better over the weekend. So... It's a tough one with Scott. Like, he just doesn't warrant the price, which, to your point, is just a case of being able to play him. And there's just going to be so much love, I guess, for, for Poston and Seawood, the lower part of this 9K range, that you do have to probably... I mean, you've got two ways of doing it. You either start with Poston and Kim, I think, and then build your lineup a different way at the bottom, or you take Scott and, and build the lineup how you want the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably start Scott and Siwoo. Um I like Siwoo. I think it's... You know, I think he's playing relatively well right now um and especially compared to the last few times that he's come here and done well like it's crazy if you look at back in what year was it 20 um 
19. He missed five consecutive cuts before finishing fifth at the Wyndham. Then yeah. go to 2021 20, when he lost in the playoff, the one that Scott was in. The week before, he came dead last at St. Jude, lost 16.8 strokes on approach. <laughs> and then just goes and, and loses in a playoff there. Like So I think regardless of form, he's great here. And the form that he's coming into now is better than it's been in a long time and probably on par with what it was when he won here in 2016. I mean, you look, he's gained strokes in like seven or eight straight events in approach and he only lost off the tee at the Open, which I think is understandable when, you know, the, the conditions like they were, he's probably not the greatest Open player, right? Um, he, he lost so many strokes passing at Travellers to miss that cut as well. So maybe just a little bit harsh on him there. It's interesting to see. I think, I think he's one of those ones, I say this a lot, I think he's a better bet than he is a DraftKings player just because... You look at it, he's either finished in the top five or he's missed the weekend here and there's nothing in between. So it's very, very volatile. Like he's, I think he's had like three missed cuts, one withdrawal, and then a win and three more top fives. Like there's no 15th, 20th in there to just make you feel like there's a flaw to it. Right. When he did when he did withdraw last time last year, he was um four under. Uh and he made he was three shots three shots ahead of the cut line before he withdrew on Saturday for whatever reason. So we don't know why he withdrew. No, I think he I think he tweaked his back or something. Yeah. So, yeah, he was on his way to another good finish there. I mean, I, look, I can advocate definitely for. I mean, I would go Poston and Kim and just try and get different further down. I think Poston is great. Like the way he hit his irons last week is is a massive bonus. Um, we know he's finished two six in a second in his last four starts. Um, you know, made the cut of the open play fine, but the fact that he was seventh in approach last week and. I think, you know, top 25 in T to green um, overall, top 10, sorry, in T to green overall. Like, I don't think you can avoid him no matter how chalky he gets. I'm, I'm all in on JT Post. Yeah, I mean, not that this really matters, but the biggest story of the week so far, which is crazy, even bigger than Lee Hodges winning, has been him posting water. Yeah. yeah, the water in 18. And like, golf is such a fickle sport where. It's a lot of attention and the media stuff, and he's now he's on Twitter talking about it. And now going to this week, a place where he's won before. It's to me, it's like it just lines up too much. It lines up to yeah, it lines up too much, and I think it's something. Sometimes just everything points to a guy playing so well, and then but for some reason they don't like. It's almost like Kim, Kim Young last week. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it was a joke. Huh. Yeah, that's right. So I'm just going to avoid it. It's chalk. It he it definitely could hit, but me personally, I'm going to avoid it. Yeah, again, like this is, I would say both him and Kim are better bets than they are DraftKings play. And like, if you wanted to avoid both of them for the reasons of being high owned, and I completely understand, um, I would just definitely be in on. I, I think Poston's safer than Kim. One name we didn't mention out of all of those was Lowry. Anything? Uh, I just don't know. I don't trust him. I mean, it should be good. He's a heritage comp that he plays really well at. Um, what's he been okay here? He's not going to win. No, he's not going to win. And, and if I'm playing a guy above 9,400, I want him to win. Yeah, he's not going to win. So there, there's the point to it. Uh, another person not going to win, Steven Yeager, is leading the 8s, 8-9. Eight, um, I won't go through every single player in the 8s, but he starts 8-9. Adam Hadwin, Taylor Moore, 8 flat. And I guess there's probably more interest, I would say, in the lower eights of Hadwin, Taylor Moore, and Alex Smalley than there is in Cam Davis, maybe not Danny McCarthy and Aaron Rye. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think McCarthy is going to be incredibly popular. I bet him at 35 to 1. Um, you know, DraftKings-wise, I, I do think he ends up being the most owned guy on the slate. Um, and right now, the early returns are showing that as well. I just think... The form was so good. Um, last 75 rounds, which is basically this entire season, in the field, he's first in strokes gain total. Is, is he too cheap? Yeah, I, I think he's too cheap. Yeah. And I think he's too cheap on the betting board, too. I, I thought he was going to be like 25 to 1. He was 35. Uh, so David Slob just withdrew, by the way, if anyone's going to play him. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I think he's too cheap, and therefore he's going to be highly owned. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I... I don't know. Like, I think, I think he's okay in the betting market. I think that's about right. But definitely here, eight seven compared to those guys that are in the nines that are not playing well. Like, there's no question. I would take McCarthy and Aberg at the same price. I would take McCarthy every single time. 
So the fact that he's yeah. $600 cheaper makes little sense to me. Um, this feels like an Aaron Rye golf course, which means it's not going to be an Aaron Rye golf course. He finished 71st last year. Um, like this, this should be a perfect event for him, but he's just not doing it where he should. Yeah. yeah. Even last week, he was 20th again on the golf course that's for bigger hitters. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's well. So I just mentioned the last 75 rounds. Looking at the last 24 strokes gained total, Denny McCarthy's second versus Aaron Rye. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to play him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's wise. What about Benny Ann? I love him. I love him. I, coming into the week, he was my first gut instinct of who to bet to win, and I was just devastated when I saw 40 to one because that's just not a fair number for a guy who I don't know if is even really capable of winning. He's definitely uh, capable. Like, like I, I, think hope, he, I, I think he can win, especially if he's going to be a third guy in. Yes. I mean, I'm playing him at 8,400 no matter what. But I was a little disappointed with the betting price. I thought it might be 55 or 60. Um, I don't think he's going to be incredibly popular. I think uh, he's going to be a really nice play right there. I actually think the 40 is okay. Like, I know we're not talking betting particularly here, but, like, strokes can approach last uh, two. He's been okay like his approach numbers aren't great but it's off the tee that he's doing the damage and he's been fourth and 22nd in tees green overall last two so i really like him eight four small he's going to get that kind of home course bump taylor moore he's going to get a little bit of popularity i think from being inside the top five last year and adam hadwin is just cheap at 8k i think he's cheap but i'm done with the adam hadwin experiment yeah I he'll, am. I'm not doing he'll be popular too yeah i'm not i'm not doing it after last week um smallly i will play anyway because He's just hitting it so well. Yeah, he's hitting it so well. You can't avoid it. Like, Hadwin doesn't even really do anything that well. I mean, he could putt his way to a win and have a decent eye performance like he, like he almost did at the Rocket. But Smalley, to me, there's just so much evidence to why he should be good here. His two starts here, he's been really good. What, 26th and 13th or something? Yeah. I mean, Smalley did eventually lose strokes on approach and off the tee in Scotland, but I just wonder how much yeah. he has being in Scotland. Like, I think a lot of it. Yeah. He was, I mean, he's ended all so well before that. And this is the event he will circle every year. So I think Smalley is definitely the one. I'm going to avoid the Chris Kirk train for once in my life. Um, that's about it. That's my kind of summary on the 8Ks, unless there's anything particularly you want to talk about. Um, Smalley, I was shocked to see him open at 65 to 1. I thought he was going to open at 45 to 1. Yeah. So I bet the 60 originally or 65 on FanDuel, and I thought, like, it was one of those ones you wake up, because I just thought by 3 p.m. he was going to be 35. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I, I think he will be. I think he will become more popular. Like, I can't I can't, can't get away. Last week I mentioned Keith Mitchell, and he finished fifth, just because I said that, like, driving and putting is his thing, and that's exactly what he did at the 3M. That's just not going to translate here. No, and he, he hasn't done that well here. No, it just doesn't strike me as a as a kind of Keith Mitchell course either, does it? No, it really. No, it he was really inside doesn't. the top twenty-five after two rounds last year. He starts okay here and then tails off. I'm fine with skipping him. Gary Woodland's basically dead. Um, Patrick Rogers, seven nine. No, I don't love the course. I don't love the course fit or the course history. I think he needs a place where he can let the driver go. He's got some decent courses. Thirty-six, twenty-four, thirty-eighth. I guess it's just too expensive for that kind of numbers. I guess you can probably get that from elsewhere. I mean, how about Bo? He this he hasn't been good here, but he, shouldn't he be? Yeah. I, is he not another one a bit like Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, but he just yeah, I mean, he is. He is. He's not as I don't think he's as good off the tee, but um, he's just 65th here. I know he's been. It's hard with Hostler because he's been playing badly for two or three years. So he's in the wilderness. So recent results, of courses don't really matter. I don't think. Like he's playing really well. Sunday, I mean, he made eight birdies in a row. Do you think people are gonna be put off because Hostler's finally got eight K ring in front of him? I think that in the course history both will turn people off a bit. He didn't hit his irons great last week, as anything would say. Like he was all putting. I don't think he ever has in his life. Rocket Mortgage, he was great. Until he missed was the he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, gained like, he gained two strokes on the approach and he missed the cut. And you know uh, what else, though? People, you know, you don't see this on the stats where Bo was in the top five at uh, Barbasol as well. Yeah. Barrett so Green. I know, 
Yeah, fa- oh, Barracuda, yeah. Fin- uh, Fantasy National doesn't have Barracuda on here, so I think a lot of people miss that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I don't know what to do with him. Um, Rog- I'd rather play Smalley and Benny, though, anyway. Yeah, fair. Rogers Spawn, no, unless you've got anything to tell now. I think Vincent Norman's being overlooked. 7-8. I think he's cheap. He's cheap for his talent, but I just think he's another guy where the skill set doesn't seem to match. But he's 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 playing good. It doesn't, but I just think he's going to outperform that. Like last week, he finished 50th, but he gained plenty on approach, over four on approach, nearly five on approach. Gained 5.3, yeah. yeah. Four off the tee, and then he lost, what, six strokes on the greens? Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. And 1.8 around the green, so he lost like almost eight strokes uh, around the green in putting. And yeah, the approach, I think that might have been the had to be the 5.3. He's not typically a great iron player. That's the best, yeah, best iron performance of his career. Um, I can't see a guy like Vinny Norman winning this thing, but... but there's there's got to be, uh, I'm just trying to think back, but there's got to be a case of someone like him that's won or contended here. Like, I know that he's just driving talent that you wouldn't necessarily put it to, but like, I don't know, I suppose when you look at the list, Kim, Kisner, Herman, Poston, Seneca, Stenson, Kim... <laughs> Dave's love, Camilo. Yeah, maybe not. There's all the same guy. Yeah, literally the same person, isn't it? And I mean, there's not even even anyone that's been second that's been like a driver. No, and it actually is a nice segue for a guy that I did bet at sixty to one, Harris English at seventy six hundred, who I'm going to play, who nobody's going to play. Because if you just read that list and the next guy you read was Harris English, would anybody bat an eye? No, because he fits in with like Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson. Yeah, I just. For some reason, I think Norman's going to play well. I don't know what he's going to... He's obviously not going to win or come second because he can't, according to... You you take third, right? I'll take third. Yeah. I No, I, I get it. I think I think you're right. The fact that people are going to overlook him because he doesn't necessarily seem like a course fit, but he's playing much better than his price indicates. So I, I like it. Yeah. Um, You like Harris English. It's going to be a good pivot off a very cold that people are going to go back to, I guess. Oh man, is this? I'm so sick of Eric Cole talking. <laughs> I literally was so desperate for him to miss the cut because I'm so bored of reading about Eric Cole. Like, Me too. He is honestly one of the worst drivers of the golf ball on tour, and he just keeps finishing 40th to 60th and saving everyone's top 40s and top 30s and DraftKings lineups. And I mean, he hits the ball great. I mean, should he be the the fit? He, in theory, is a good course fit. Um, I think birdie or better, he always ranks up there. He makes a lot of birdies. Um, but I'm just so far out on Cole. I can't even like oh, give a, a, a fair assessment. I, I couldn't. I couldn't put actual money on Eric Cole. Um, no, never. So then, anything, anything more on English other than just a gut feel? Gut feel, and then also the fact that like the stats are never going to point to him playing all that great like when he won travelers he gained one stroke on approach <laughs> and so like, that's just the way he does it so it's never gonna i mean the, i think the eighth place finisher or the tenth whatever it was at the u.s open was encouraging because for him i think only thing that matters are finishes i don't think the way he does it is necessarily yeah he gained 10 strokes putting but he's harris english that's the way he's going to gain his strokes i i think another player like that uh, maybe slightly different at the memorial last year he was really good is billy horsham not the same yeah, he is the same. They're, like, oh, they're very similar. You don't get any kind of indication that the stats are coming. I mean, he does seem to go. I'm just looking at 2018. Look at look at 2018. Billy Horschel in the playoffs from the PJ onwards in the playoffs. His ball striking was unbelievable. Similar in 2019, not quite as aggressive. 2021 again. Like he just comes alive at this time of year. Um, I don't know if he just takes nine months to realise that he can play golf again. I don't know what it is with Billy Horschel, but. I I like him. I I think he's definitely we keep cross contaminating here, but I think he's a bet rather than a DraftKings play because I think he's so volatile in every week. But he's this seems to be if he has got a safe golf course, this might be it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I was on him, and I think everyone probably was back in 2021 when Jim Herman beat him by one yeah uh, one shot. So he he obviously likes the course. He's a He's a great Bermuda putter. Same thing with English. Like those are, I, I feel the same way about both, both of them. Um, and they nine, both have nine, high ceilings. Yeah, nine for ten made cuts here. Uh, Horschel, second, fifth, sixth, eleventh, twenty-seventh last year. Like, I, I just, I just have a lot of faith in him making a cut, and I've taken him as a bet because I think there's winning upside as someone that's a 
you know, a FedEx Cup champion and someone has won six times as an individual on the PGA Tour. So I probably feel similar about him than you do English, whereas I think probably people are more likely to go to Horsham than they are English because of that course history. Exactly. And like, I, I don't think anyone's going to play English. And Billy, I, I like him as a bet. I think that makes a lot of sense. All the reasons you said are good. I'm just worried it's a little bit of fool's gold, right? He is not that we said stats don't matter as much, but he didn't really do anything spectacular well, last that's week. That's the thing. Like, he thinks he played well, and that's what people are buying into, including me, but there's nothing that backs that up. No, exactly. So he, I think it's a little bit of fool's gold. I'd be way too nervous to play him on DraftKings. Yeah, like that, that's, I think, my assessment, but I, I do like him as a pick, so I think there's some upside. Uh, one person I'm getting more confident in as as the day goes on, Adam Svensson. I've already bet him at 80-1. to 1. Um, He was improving his irons. I think we spoke about this last week. He was improving his irons without actually gaining. He was just getting less shit with his irons and then all of yeah. a sudden he gained uh with his irons and off the tee and around the greens last week finished 37 for the 3m but it was all down to putting his course form might potentially put people off because it's just 31st and 78 but on debut he shot a second round 61 to sit third going into the weekend and i just think adam spends a lot more polished player by now he's um a winner since then. He's had a couple of seconds and thirds since then as well. I think Adam Simpson at 7,500 is good. Yeah, I agree that he is. He, he fits the mold. I think he's going to get really popular. Yeah. He's so he's improved on his approach play in five consecutive starts. So I, I you kind of yeah. you know hinted at that, but I think it's a good way to say it. Um, he's gotten better and better each each of those starts. So. I do like him. I do think he's a great course fit. I do think he's trending in the right direction. I'm worried about the ownership. Um, and I think there's a couple guys around here who people may not play as much. Well, the ownership's there because people don't want to play Webb Simpson, Lucas Glover, or Matt Kuchin now. I don't think. Yeah. And I think a guy who I think is a little bit sneaky is Pendrith, who missed the cut on the number last week. Finished 13th here last year. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> all, the co- all the course comps point point to him that he the places he's played well at yeah which is weird because he strikes me as that vincent norman type i know but he's every every week he's been good at his uh every sorry every year his best finishes are at short courses yeah so is he one of those people that you just think's a long hitter but he's actually not a long hitter no he actually is okay but i think maybe clubbing down helps him out or something but he i mean he was minus three yeah he he just doesn't quite do enough for me. I mean, he gained a bunch of approach at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, I just don't know about Pendrith. I mean, look, we're, we're now talking about 7,500, so my hesitancy about people winning. Like, I very much see, I think I said this last week, like Taylor Pendrith and Cam Davis are the same person. And obviously Cam Davis finished much higher than Pendrith, but I still stick to that point that they're the same guy. And I would probably... If, if you're playing Davis, I would play Pendrith as well. Yeah. I mean, and all that being said, um, I'm probably going to play Cooch instead. <laughs> what a shock. You're going to play yeah. Cooch. Um, he hit the he ball really well. Last week, didn't, he, didn't he hit it well on approach last week? Oh, he hit it incredibly. 5.3 on approach. I, I don't think I've seen that. In a, let's see the last, yeah, um, April. He did that at Valero. But Valero, now right. we're going to a place that should be. I don't know. Why doesn't he play this every year? That's the only question I have. Well, so look at listen to the courses that he's done at the the Fortinet, CJ Cup, Genesis, Players, Valero, and 3M last week is where he's just gaining on approach. It's, yeah, it's weird that he doesn't turn up. I guess probably for Matt Cooch, the reason he didn't turn up is because he was resting for the playoffs every year. Yeah, but I mean, he, he plays RSM great, right? It's Heritage, those places. Like, it's just, he's a guy who can, another guy you could put. If you, and I said this earlier, if you told me, that Cooch had won this three times, like between 2011 and 2015. I wouldn't even check. I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. I, I always thought he had won it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like he, I genuinely believed it was one that he'd won. Like, and then when I look back at his course form every year, I go, oh, he's never played it. And then eventually he has played it. And I think it's that thing. I think it's he's never needed to because he was just always in the playoffs. So he got, he just rested up. But two years ago, he was 12th going into the weekend and finished 29th. So as much as I'm jesting with you about the fact that you're all going to play Matt Kuchar, of course you are. Like, it makes perfect sense. And as of now, nobody is playing him whatsoever. And I just think at 7,400, yeah, maybe his ceiling at this point right now is 14th, but I would take that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get why people aren't playing him. Because like he was 22nd going the weekend last week. He was 
fine that John Deere made the cut, 20th at the Canadian Open. Even when he was 62nd at Memorial, he was 32nd going into the weekend. And when he's missing the cut, they're not by huge amounts. I mean, Travelers, he bounced back from a 77. So he did miss by a mile, but like he bounced back really nicely. And then the US Open, 72, 74 doesn't really bother me. It's not his type of course. The missed cuts have come into majors. So Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason people aren't playing him is everything about him besides his birth certificate indicates he's 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, also, like... He's so lucky that Matt Fitzpatrick's at the steam off of him for sketches. Because he, oh, he was the sketches guy, wasn't he? He was. And uh, bits, I... bits. Well, I mean, that advert we get over here now, which I'm assuming you see all the time, is Fitz slipping into those sketches. And then it's hit Brooke Henderson, then comes in with, with two trees. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes me want to shoot myself in the head. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be cooch like. Barely being able to pick the ball up out of the hole wearing the sketches. That should be the end of the ad. Should be at the ping pong table at his retirement home, just going. Yeah. Yeah. I like Cooch. Uh, 74. Yeah, I like him. Glover. What about Glover? Like he is the perfect. He's lit you down. Should we take a chance to him? He is that guy because people are going to be done with him. Um, I said to you I was only going to play him one more week because I was already off Revy and I'm glad I was off both of them. Like he hasn't been good here which is a surprise. No, I, I said it too. I said, I'm giving him one last try, and I did, and I'm just done now. Yeah. It would be like six weeks in a row. I can't do it to myself again. Reeve, you missed the cut last week, right? Yes. Okay, good. That's fine. Glover That's fine. missed it just on the number. Yeah, I was right about... Yeah, because he bounced back pretty nicely in round two, Glover. Um, yeah, you were right about Reeve, definitely. Yeah. Um, B, Todd? I like Todd. Um pulling this up i was a little surprised to see his ownership so high I, I think that's because he's a decent bet and people follow that a little bit like he's been 10th and 36th here the last two years and he's another one a bit like bo hostel i don't really look into the last four or five years before that because they were just a little bit dead as a player like you finished 65 66 here two years ago it's finished 10th and then 67 67 last year so it is a good golf course for brendan's side it is, but 7,400, he's looking like massive chalk. I think I'm just going to play Cooch instead. I just would rather. Same same guy. What, yeah, what about Webb? Ah, fuck that. He, 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 he's 55 like, to 1. He's what? Yeah. He's 55 to 1. That's because he was about 10 to 1 in his prime here. That's the thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he should be 80 to 1, but he gets 25 extra points for because his daughter's name is Wyndham. He should, be, he should be 150 to 1. He's literally broken. Yeah, if, he's a different if he guy. was 150 to one, I wouldn't bet. Him. No, I might at 150 to one. But. I, I've I've bet a player at 150 to one. I wouldn't take him over just uh, over that player. No, I wouldn't either. Um, he's just not good now, and I think I think it was quite telling that he kind of just let go of Paul Zori. I think he was a bit like, yeah, look, I'm done. Like, yeah, I think that's a good point as well. Yeah, you know, go and get your bag. I think. Um, Justin Sir, he's going to finish 37. So I thought he played better last week than I maybe maybe because he I did. stopped paying attention. He was really hot on round one. That's probably why because I stopped paying attention after Thursday that I thought he played much better. Yeah, that's what I, I, I stopped. <laughs> like he shot 65 on Thursday. Like he was you know cl- you know close to the first round lead and then just shit. And that is Justin Sir all over. He if they were if they were one round events he'd be a three time winner this year. But they're yeah. not. So, like, literally, he can only have one good event, uh, one good round of tournament. Maybe the PGA had a couple, but he he just, like, listen to this. Like, so, Charles Schwab, he opened 68 70, uh, 68.70, then shot 66 on Saturday. He's put himself in contention. Memorial, 70.66, and then went 77.79. Um, US Open, he was actually pretty solid at US Open, to be fair to him. Um, Travelers 68, 66, 72, 68. Like just poor. Rocky Mortgage 65 and then 72, 73, 74. Uh, Barracuda 69, 76, 68, 68. Like he just he just has one good round in him a week. Yeah, I think I'm out. Just I just wonder if some point he's going to go like Lee Hodges and just go nuclear. <laughs> like he just feels like he could do that, but um, I don't know. What the it, hell? 
people are playing chess for some reason. Yeah, fuck chess. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, what about chess? Sort of. I don't know. Chess two. Chess alternate. Kevin Strillman. <laughs> chess. Um. Who's second last week? Yeah. How's his course history? He's got a seventh and a sixth here. Seventh two years ago. Yeah, he's probably played it 47 times, so. Yeah, I mean, he's actually weirdly got the same sort of like gap in this as like Kucher, who just doesn't play it very often. But I think he's gained an approach now in his last 10. Yeah, he's, he is playing well. I, I, I Gained in all four categories last week. Yeah, he, I mean... I think he's a good pivot off of Ben Griffin, who I think is going to be popular. Ben Griffin will be, yeah, because stats, stats are actually uh, really good. Missed the cut of the Barbasol, 51st at John Deere. I just, eh. Like, he finished second last week, but I feel like he hasn't finished better than, well, he's ninth at the Charles Schwab. Yeah, he, he, 18th at Wells Fargo, 27th at the Valspar. And all of those, he was better placed. Heritage, he was better placed. He's, he's just hitting his irons really well. If he can get everything, like, well, last week, he got everything else firing and finished second. Every yeah. time he's gained in all four categories, he's, he's finished inside the top ten. Yeah, olds can do pretty good here too. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like it is literally like a, an old person's course. And like I like Ben Griffin, but he's going to be popular, so why not just pay hundred dollars more and get Strillman? Yeah, you like him better than Noren? Yeah, I fucking hate Noren. Do you? Yeah. What yeah. like? I don't like. Sell me on Noren if you like him. I don't get it. Well, see this hat? Yeah, he signed it. Him and Stenson, Swedish. It's a great story. Back in. Uh, it must have been in 2017. I was at the Dell Technology, the one when I was in, in um, Norton, Mass. And uh, yeah. so sweet, uh, Stenson and Norton both signed my hat. And I was like, oh, both Swedes. This is great. It makes actually makes sense for the hat. And then um, Andrew Putnam came over to me and tried to sign it. And I pulled it away. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> so <it> must, <laughs> Poor old Putnam. That must have been the worst moment of his life. Like he's trying to be a nice guy and give an autograph, yeah. and I just pulled it away that, from that's him. That's an absolute drive-by. Like, I'd have just let him sign my arm or something. Like, I'd have, I'd have made him feel more important. Like, oh, I'll sign my head, Andrew. Like, I'm just going to wash it off in five minutes anyway. Like, No, I said no thank you, and it definitely was a very weird moment. Um, no, thank but, you. Yeah. You're not Swedish. So, so other than that, other than that, I mean, 23rd and 13 his last two starts. His stats were pretty good at 3M. He got progressively better in each round. I think he started really slow, then got a little bit better and a little bit better. A couple of Swedes have won this thing before. Stenson and Carl Peterson have won. Um, One star here finished 60th. Yeah, I mean, I'm selling I, him hard. I'm probably not playing him, but that's just... The yeah, way. I just I just think... Like, I, already, I regret saying I fucking hate him because he's got more of a case than I thought, but like... I just think he's one of the most over-talked about, over-picked golfers. Like, I don't Speaking know. Of that, Garrick Higgo's next. Yeah, well, Garrick Higgo was good last week. Yeah, he was. But he won't be good this week because he doesn't fit that plot of... It is a terrible course for him. Yeah, no, forget him. Um, let's pick up the pace here. Anyone down... I'll just let you name the next guys you like down to the 7K flat. I think we just, we're both... The next guy I like is Hadley at 7K flat. Yeah, yeah I love Hadley. You can give me the give us the case here because I know you're big on him. Well, Hadley Hadley was the one I just said that I wouldn't take since I'm over him at 150 to one. I just think that Hadley, and this is who we alluded to at the very start of the show when we said someone's played well here with their back against the wall, it was Hadley. Like every single time it was getting inside the top 125, he did it. Canadian Open, he led after the first round. He was sixth going into the weekend, 16th going into Sunday, he finished 43rd. Then he finished 24th at the Travelers, but he was seventh at halfway. Finished 33rd at the Rocket Mortgage. Then he missed a cut to John Deere, which was weird. But then 6th uh, at the Barracuda. And then 27th last week. But he was 11th going into the final round as well. Chesson Hadley's just playing really, really good golf right now. And it took him a long time to get used to this golf course. If you look at his like record here, it's like four missed cuts, 57 missed cuts, 45th, whatever. But last two years, 15th and 8th. And the 15th came from a final round 62. Um, and then I think that just springboards a bit of confidence of how he sort of figured it out. And then he was eighth last year with a final round 64. So I think he's in for another kind of top 20 finish and that's going to pay off at 7K. Yeah, I love him. He was my, one of my first bets this morning at 150 to one as well. Um, he is playing really well. He was in the top five at the Barbasol. And then last week he was 43rd, but he gained 5.3 strokes on approach, which is the most he's gained in an event since 2019. Yeah. 
and and then the course history he's you know kind of a local guy he's from Raleigh North Carolina um I just think he's trending and I I mean I do you think it's impossible for him to win this event no I think he can win it I do too okay good um also Stuart Sink caught a bit of flack last week for skipping the senior open Obviously didn't contend at the 3M Open like he maybe thought he would do, but he shot a second round 63, Saturday 67, finished 37th. This is the type of course Stuart Sink could play well at. Yes, yeah, it is. He, he's had uh, four missed cuts in the last six starts here, but 14th and 27th when he's made the weekend, which his form suggests he will. Yeah, 23rd at the Open. Um, gained 3.7 on approach last week. I think you can definitely play sync i mean i think even at this age one of his best assets is still his distance off the tee which won't be as much as a factor here but um yeah but it's could, one of those ones where like he he can use that to his advantage when he needs to but his old style of the game was plodding right so i think he's yeah. more than capable like he he was very much matt kutra until he decided to transform like him and podrick harrington both added distance to their game later on mm-hmm. uh, to try and keep up which i'm i always find really fascinating and impressive um I just think if he reverts back to Stuart Sink before he added that, he he's good to go here. Um, yeah. So I think that's interesting. Lipsky, I'm interested in him. What's he doing ball striking-wise? Um, gained an approach last week. First time in five starts, unless he gained at Barracuda, which I don't have stats for. But seems like it should be a golf course for him. Finished 27th last year, which kind of backs that up. I like Lipsky a little bit. Yeah, I do. I like him. A, I do like him. He was one of the few guys I had start over here. He's he was one. Um, and just to keep things moving along, because I agree, the other guy is Doc Redman, who I I bet at two hundred and ten to one. I just think if there's ever a time when he's going to come back and play really well, this is it. Um, he is from the area, obviously. Um, and he's he's stuck. He's good history. He finished second here, and I think tenth. Uh, in two two of uh when he was playing well uh third third and 21st he's got so okay not far off. Yeah. okay and he um he's playing well now ninth and 30th in his last two starts he's gained stro- strokes on approach and tita green in both those starts so i mean if he's really coming around i think 210 for his talent like you know mass amateur i mean not a mass amateur a u.s amateur champion uh, i think um you know i think it's it's a nice little spot to buy yeah if he was only a mass Massachusetts Amateur Champion, then maybe I wouldn't bother. But US Amateur yeah. changes things a little bit. Yeah, I, I didn't really know about the case for Doc Redman before that. I guess I just zeroed in on Chess and Hadley in the same price point, and and that was it, right? But they're you know, pretty similar, I guess. No, I haven't seen anyone mention them. I just randomly thought of it and kind of looked deeper into it and just had a. And I, I like I like the guys who kind of are fr- uh, you know in this area that play really well. He's like a you know he could be like a Kisner type if he. Figures it, figures it out. Yeah, he was always quite popular. Justin Lau is hitting the ball well again, but is that just a false torn? It it could be. He's a great putter. He's he is a guy whose skill set does fit this course. Um, but I I don't know. Probably not for me. No. Uh, he does fit. That's what I was thinking. Like he he does hit the ball nicely. Um, Zach Johnson made that cut at the Open Championship. I talked about. Yeah, you're right. He did. That was right. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't quite go as well as I thought he might do. But he. This is a course that he likes. Um, Loves it. Yeah. Um, made sneakily made four cuts in a row. I don't. Yep, yep. I don't hate Zach Johnson. I don't hate it either. I'm curious just to see what he did ball striking wise at the Open. He uh, lost on approach, but gained off the tee. So it's weird. He's he's last three starts. He's lost pretty decently on approach all the time but he's gaining on off the tee which is doesn't make sense for zach johnson unless he's just driving it so straight that that's what i think he's happening he's just hitting it in the fairway then probably putting it to 40 feet um yeah. yeah i just i just don't think there's any ceiling that's my concern well it's just weird because like the 29th for the travelers just he can do it in a birdie fest and 35th at john deere is no like you know it's not bad considering he lost strokes on approach so if he can suddenly find a little bit of his wedge i guess if he was going to do it he'd have done it at john deere is, is the argument yeah yeah i mean no I, I certainly don't hate it i think he could be all right um tyler duncan i was looking at a yeah, little bit floated about a bit do, do you know the guy that I, i've probably mentioned about four times about committing to him over the last few weeks and i think this is the week to play him in DraftKings. russell knox 
Okay. Did did he do anything last week? He finished 53rd, but he gained on approach uh, 0.54 rounds, so nearly three strokes on approach. He lost yeah. in every other category, but I just it just feels like the sort of thing where he can like it's obviously just his wedges that are going to keep him in it, and that's all he needs to do here. And he's made his last five cuts. He's made six out of seven cuts here, so I think he's going to make a cut, and that's all you need him to do at six five, and then. If there's any upside, I think Russell Knox might find it this week. Um, you know, he's sneakily been there or thereabouts for a couple of, like, last week he was 33rd going into the weekend. Barracuda, he was 16th or thereabouts going into the final round. It's a bit skewed by scores and stuff, but he was 23rd going into the final round at the Barbasol, um, 45th at the halfway at John Deere. So, like, he, he's he's comfortably making the cuts and then just falling away. Mm-hmm. I just wonder at some point whether he kind of carries on for a bit yeah I, I like it i think it's, it makes a lot of sense the guy right right next to him who i was looking at was ryan moore who has a great course history yeah he's he's played okay as well recently isn't he right more like he not the last couple of weeks but 14th for the barbasol 25th at canadian open 33rd in mexico made the Look cut. He did the barbasol with his iron 7.5 on approach yeah weird it is weird he's a good iron player and i think he is like i mean he's arguably one of the best course histories here doesn't he well, yeah, but like he's arguably one of the better players in this field if you go historically, like him. Yeah, since, yeah. Like, I guess it's just it's tough, isn't it? Like, he was a really good goal for him. People forget it because it's been so long. Um, but yeah, no, I, I kind of like it a little bit. Sneds, uh, no. Mm, well, he played well last week for a decent period of time, right? Yeah, but now looking at the stats, he was pretty awful and he finished 53rd. So I think he just had a couple hot putting rounds. I'm glad he disappeared because I didn't I bet him like 400 to one not that long ago and like tried to sneak some life into him and it didn't happen. What did Bryce Garnett do? He made the cut again, which is what Bryce Garnett does. Yeah, I had him um, start on Seneca real quick. I, I bet him first round leader like 175 to one that same week that you liked him. We both liked him. Yeah. Someone like commented on my article and was like, nice call, asshole, or something like that. Like, <laughs> Dude, the guy was 175 to one. And what people don't get as well is 175 to one in first round leader is basically the last off the board. They don't go up to 400 to one in first round leader markets. Like they don't they don't take as big a chances. So 175 to one in first round leader basically means you're back in the amateurs. Um, yeah, I was like, do you know what 175 to one means? It means there's like a 0.01 chance. This, this of- is what makes me laugh. But like someone said to me, they're like, oh yeah, well Brian Harmon was a pretty popular player. I was like, yes, but he also had like 0.83 percent chance of winning. So it's still a good call, and it doesn't matter how many people did it. Like. Who cares what people are doing, man? If you pick a guy who's 80 to 1, you pick a guy who's 80 to 1. That's what I hate. Everyone compares, like, I, I barely even read other people's stuff. Like, if you pick a guy and he's that odd, then you made a great pick. Who cares what other people yeah, are I, doing? I, I literally, like, the, the best thing about bets is that everyone can win, like, is, is my thing. Like, DraftKings is different. Like, you, you're directly playing against one another. Like, it makes more sense. Um, talking about something that makes a little bit more sense, right? Nice segue back into the, the show quickly. Is Jason Duffner getting good again? Um, 31st, 24th, and 20th, his last three starts. And he's gained an approach and off the tee in the last two. Gained an approach decently at the John Deere. Just feels like he's making a little bit of a comeback. I don't know what and what that translates to, but he's made the cut in basically every year here, barring a couple. And yeah. Oh, yeah, he is playing pretty well. Aggressively better last three, 31st, 24th, 20th. Yeah, he's, he's going to finish 47th, but that's fine at 6,300. Yeah, it could be. Is um, But when he was good, was he good here? No, not really. Fourth. Like 7th, 14th, 22nd, 26th. Like That was probably good for Jason Duffner because he was never like, obviously he's got that major win, but he was never someone that finished top 10 every week, even at his prime, right? So... 7th, 14th, and 26th are good results for him. And then 34, 31st, 24th, and 83rd over the last three years is great for him. Yeah, I think you can definitely play him, yeah. What What do you think, like, when, you, when you're putting 62 and 6300 guys in, what's your mindset? Is it just as long as you get them through the cut, you've done your job? Or is it, do you need them to do yeah. something? Obviously, you want them to do something, that's, that's obvious, but like... 
Yeah, no, I think it's a good good question because a lot of times people say, you know, if you get them to the cut at 6,100, then you've done a great job. But if you're trying to win a GPP, then if you have one guy who finishes 59th, there's a good chance you're not winning that thing, especially well, that, when it's a really large field. Like, I always say, like, I think he can get me through the cut, but that's probably not, that's probably the wrong mindset. Like, I, I don't need to go this low down in the Wyndham Championship this week. So, right, so the, the answer to that is if you're playing smaller fields, single entries, then that's probably good enough. If you're trying to win like a the Millie maker or something, it, it isn't. Also, it depends what your other guys do. Like if you if you're doing that because you want to jam in Scotty and Rory and they finish one two and then he finishes fifty seventh, then yeah. So it depends on what the rest of the guys do. Yeah, like I don't I don't see a roster construction where I need to play Jason Duffner and I'm just giving it to the people that might need it. Um I agree. I'm not going to be. Yeah, I mean, like unless you start going Henley, Post, and Scott Smalley to start with, which you just can't conceivably do. Like I was just trying to build like the worst case scenario, like roster construction wise. But even then, you don't really want to be doing it. Um, I'm going to be finishing with either Lipsky, Duncan, or Redman in most of my lineups. Yeah, I don't want to go much, much below that kind of 67 mark. Who is? Yeah. I don't really need to go down that that far. Redmond 68 is probably the lowest you need to go, actually. Yeah. Um, but there we go. We're given a couple of plays, and people do find their way down there. Um, Matt, I think it was a good one again. I think it was a good one. We've, we've given the players. It's the final regular season event. Then it all changes. Only 70-man field next week. What does it go down to for the BMW? 50? 50, yeah. So you make the BMW, you're in sort of big events next year. So how it works? Correct. Okay. And then the full events you can play if you're a top 50 player, but you don't get any points. I guess so. I mean, is, uh, is it going to be some kind of announcement at, at St. Jude of how next year is going to work or something? That's what it sounds like. though. Like they're literally going to play and they don't get anything out of it other than money, which is great. But like, it seems a bit weird. Like, There's so many things up in the air that I don't even know what's going on. I suppose let's just get to let's just get to the St. Jude and, and see what happens. But We've given you the picks against us and Jude. We've given you the picks that are going to win. Chess and Hadley's going to win by a couple. Uh, Good. If, if the last couple of innings go by, I mean, Harmon won by six and then Hodges by seven, then it's Hadley by eight. Yeah, I'm in for that. Let's do it. And then we're back to like Rory by one at the St. Jude or something. So, yeah, I'm in. Cool. Let's do it. Okay, Matt. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs>